packing punches with Scott and Ben. We're, we're packing punches. We are going to leave the elephant in the room for a little bit, mate. Let's start mm. with uh, O'Hara Davis against Lewis Ritson. O'Hara Davis versus Lewis Ritson. Wow. I expected O'Hara to win. I wasn't expecting that sort of dominance performance. Um, O'Hara's had some two losses, really, on his career, and it's, it's Catterall and Taylor, and that's it's no disrespect to, against him, really. But I just I wasn't sure that O'Hara had the heart in him, uh, and he's kind of proved as well, I reckon. Yeah, he's always had that kind of career where he's you never know whether he's actually training properly or is he just is he doing it for the, the social media and for the fun side of it. But I think that's career best performance from him. But I don't, I don't know if it's what I expected from Lewis Ritson, having seen him live a couple of times. I think he won the British title too quickly mm-hmm. and he didn't explore that level. And And don't get me wrong, don't get anyone wrong, British level is an incredible level. But I think that's his ceiling. Yeah. And that body shirt, the body shot, that hurt. Uh, and he, I, even you could tell his heart and his desire to try and get up. And you don't get up from those devastating hits. And that showed what O'Hara Davis has in his tank. Mm, absolutely. Um, O'Hara said after the fight, well, he's 31 now. Um, he, he will be world, world champion. I don't see it myself. No, not of that way. I think there's, I mean, if you look at the competition around at the light, super light, it's, I can't see him doing anything up past European, really. But again, that would be a great level for O'Hara. But, but if we go back to one of Ritson's previous defeats, I think because his dad still does his corner, doesn't he? Threw, his dad threw the towel in, the ref threw it back out. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, you know, we know the guy's got heart and he can go through. But I've always felt with Ritson, because he won the British title undisputed within six rounds in three fights. If he cannot get you out of there within three rounds, doesn't really have a plan B. Yeah. Whereas O'Hara Davis has got some boxing ability, which we've seen. His resume speaks for itself. When you look at his defeats, he's only lost to world level. Yeah. So, he might be right. He might be be able to make world level. Well, his big win was Tyrone McKenna. I I suppose that was a decent scrap as well. Um, You'd give that scrap eight out of ten, wouldn't you? Mm. And that kind of gave him the trajectory to get these this fight because I mean he, he fought in Dubai uh, some card that was just non-existent. It was uh, Scott the Plumber on that one. It wasn't. He just gave him a little bit of uh, notice, I suppose. And he's been around the stadiums early early doors and that. So depends if his is his heart's in it, and he's not just there for the social media clicks. Because yeah. I'll be honest. I stopped following him a couple of years ago because the way he was speaking to people was a joke. Yeah, he got a bit disrespectful, didn't he? A bit salty about certain things and got involved in things he's got no real need to get involved in when with his ability that he's got, you can just keep your head down, train hard and get the big fights. You know, he's a hero at York Hall. Yeah. You know, he could step up from that. And I mean, speaking of Dubai, Dubai has become like the upmarket Isla White for boxers. They just... They just seem to end up out there. I mean, Rocky Fielding, I don't think we've seen Shannon Courtney in this country for six months since she's been in Dubai. No, no. Um, it wouldn't have happened before Instagram, though, would it? No. They wouldn't, have been, they wouldn't have been in Dubai training or anything like that. No, I mean, before... I might sound like a bit of a hypocrite. I'm going to be there in August, but I will not be training. 
No, no. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm personally myself, uh, my mate get married on Best Man, uh, and I, that, that's a wedding in Dubai. So I said, don't be putting me in a full suit because I'm out. <laughs> linen, mate. Linen's the way to go. <laughs> so coming up to this weekend, we had a double double fight card on Saturday night. You know, people taking their pick between the zone. Sky Sports Boxer having that show in France. Which one did you go for? I switched around. You switched around. I mainly went France, uh, but I was I was jumping about. Obviously, uh, with all the the pay per views you have to buy these days, it's uh, oh, subscriptions coming out your ears. Subscriptions coming out your ears. But yes, um, I went. I really wanted to watch a Dan Aziz fight. Um, that was that was the, my main focus. Um, I think it was good rounds. For Dan Aziz, I think it was a, a tough opponent. Dan Aziz's uh, jab was right there. It's more of a hook than a jab. And you could tell he was getting a little bit tired towards the end of the fight. The, the hook wasn't as strong, but he was still getting through. He was still breaking breaking down the hands. He's got an engine, hasn't he, Dan Aziz? He has. He has. Um, the, only, the only criticism I would have of Dan Aziz was uh, he looked like a varsity cheerleader. In, in his uh, his ring attire, what I've never seen shorts like that. It was a uh, a real treat for the eye. Uh, what did you think of his performance? It was very much what I expected from him. I, I thought he would win by stoppage. I thought it might come slightly earlier than it did. But I I've always admired Dan Aziz the way that he's gone through. I think is I think it has now been confirmed. He's the first British boxer at that weight to do the complete route of Southern area, English, British, Commonwealth, European. Yeah. And hats off. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because that's absolutely incredible. And I remember watching him on next gen shows at York Hall and he would be halfway up the card, but everyone would be talking about his fight afterwards because he just brings it every single time. I think he went to war with is it Andre Sterling. And them two, I think two fights they had and they were proper ding-dongs. What's next room? So I'd like to see him stick around European for a little bit. The only thing I mean I, that I've heard this week is Buatzi has turned down two world title shots, including one at Dimitri Bivol, and wants to fight Dan Aziz for the European. Now, that's a great domestic dust-up for, Europe, for a European title. But Buatzi's past that. I... But... Uh... I listened to Eddie did a uh, an interview with Boxing Social after the card on Saturday, and you could tell he was just looking through the uh, the I can't remember the guy who was interviewing him going I don't know what you want me to say about Boazzi I don't and we've offered him the seven match the seven figures for him to fight Bivol, and he doesn't want to. No, and I know Joshua is he's on his own path. He's very straight minded. He knows what he wants. He's Obviously, thanks God, and that's that's the way the route he wants to go. But who's advising him to not take this fight? No, well, it's what, just five eight management, I think, isn't it? It's with AJ's lot. But I mean, God, he was he was a twenty sixteen Olympian. It's twenty twenty three. Yeah. He should be having world title fights by now. Was he thirty one? I've made that up. No, I think he might well be early 30s. He, he wasn't a young amateur in, in the Olympics. He, he may well be early 30s. He's, he's also had, you know, tough fights. I think when they stepped him up first, he get he, he draw in America or he get a very yeah. lucky win. 
and he's very powerful. When when you see him live, especially close up, he's incredibly powerful. He's incredibly slick. I I don't think he has the true killer instinct at that level. No, because he tried to he tried to talk that fight with Craig Richards, didn't he? Yeah. Because they made, I remember Talksport announced the fight. Because you know what Jim White's like; he gets excited when about everything. And they had, they had them together in the studio. And Boatz is trying to be, yeah, well, we're friends, but you know, we're not going to be friends anymore. And you could tell Craig Richards was like, "What? We, we, the fight's sold. We don't need to promote this fight." And I think Boatz is, is trying to turn over this new leaf that he he has got a little bit about him, but you can't. You can't fake stuff like that. It, it's, it's a weird that, one for me. And I really Craig, like Joshua. That was Craig Richards' problem against Bivol, because Craig Richards is a genuinely bloody nice guy. Yeah. And a little bit more self-belief and a little bit more of that killer instinct that, that probably Callum Johnson had in that division, he beats Bivol. Yes. You talk, we're talking to Craig Richards, you, I mean, you told me a story last week about him. Were you in the gym with him, and he was he, he was just asking the, how you are. Yeah, in the gym with him, and he's in the middle of training. Uh, you know, Pete Sims in the ring with him, and we just say we're just having a nice chat. But he's in the middle of a pad session, and he's a lovely, lovely fella. And yeah, but is he too lovely? Is that is that a problem with some British boxers, especially the? Is that, do you think the hard man British boxer is a thing of the past? Yeah, because people don't like hard men, in the sense of. They all, they'll always look to put them down, especially mm. in the days of social media. They, they, they'll always look for a kink in their armour. They, they always want something else from them. They want that joke. They want, they want, uh, they also, they also, they almost want a split personality off of them. Depends what day of the week it is. Mm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It is cool. one for me. Yeah, Anthony Joshua gets the, the shit for being, uh, like media trained and everything. Yeah. That responds like a robot. But then when he grabs the microphone after a defeat and responds like a human, he gets thick. <laughs> oh, when uh, Joshua, when he went up to the flats, when he, the, the guys were giving him a bit of shit, and he went up and he said, what are you playing at? Mm. Then he got accused of being a bully. Yeah. You can't yeah. win. Obviously, you can't win. If you're, if you're in the limelight, sometimes you can't win. No. Um, but Dan Aziz, Boatsy, I'm all for it. Like, Dan Aziz's 33. I know he, he doesn't look it. Uh, no. So, so the wars he's been in as well, he, he don't look it. And, but no, I'm up for that fight. I'd, I'd, I'd quite happily pay to watch that. Yeah, I think that would be a top of the bill. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it to be a pay per view, but you know, in 20, no, 2023, I don't think 2023, so everything is a pay per view. No, I mean, two, two London boys, I could see that set out the copper box. Yeah, make it make a good night in there. I don't think it's quite big enough for the O2, um, but I might be wrong. No, talking of O2, AJ. Franklin. April 1st. April 1st. There's reports out today. Eddie has said it will sell out. Don't worry. What do you think? It depends. If They may well do something. This this is going to contradict some of my opinion, actually, on women's boxing and Ben Shalom and Boxer and how well I think they're doing. Everybody raved at Shields and Marshall being a sellout and a massive success. The entire top tier of the O2 was free tickets. Yeah. They were all given away. <laughs> the Sky customers. So, yes, it looked full and it was full of people, but not every single one of them people had paid their good money to come and watch that night of boxing. Although it was a very, very good night of boxing and everyone that was there enjoyed it. Yeah. However, on telly, 
you can make Leo 2 look full when it's not. Of course you can, yeah. So I, I can't imagine that the top tier will be open for that fight. They might sell the rest of it out, and if they throw a party line that the top tier couldn't be open because of some health and safety bollocks, then they've sold it out because they can't sell that top bit. So as far yeah. as I can, sold it out. But I've I not d- really heard much about undercard or anything yet. So that was I was just about to mention that. I don't know who's on it. I don't know anything. He said I think there was going to be some announcements this week. Um, but I don't know. Who's after a fight? Who's wanting a fight? If it was a if it was a a big co-main or a support, we'd know about it because they'd yeah, be in the cap. The problem is with with Eddie now, his British stable is dwindling, yes, rapidly. And if you don't put British people on them undercards that can sell a lot of tickets, his ticket big ticket cow fought in Liverpool this weekend. He's pretty much the only one he's got left. Yeah, I'd say cow slightly, you know, not quite right. The ball. But <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about the wrong football. Yeah, we the, the other show that night then that was there. Uh, or should we? Or no, I'll tell you what, let's let's touch on Tony Yoko against Carlos Takao. Ah, what do you want me to say? Do you want me, uh, it's weird when when you don't have any power when you're not allowed to be taking anything, isn't it? Uh, I was. You know, you know, the ironic thing is that yeah. if I was to say, if I was to look at that fight. And I watched the whole thing start to finish. And I loved every second of it, as I'll always love a heavyweight tear-up. And someone, you say to someone who don't know anything about boxing, one of them geezers was bang on the drugs. They wouldn't have said Joker. No, of course not. So, no. And I've heard it questioned since Saturday night. What was the drug testing for that fight? Was there any? Was it Bada? Was it you know just a French organisation? You'd assume that Joker would have to be clean considering his past. But Takam was 42 years old. He was absolutely ripped and jacked, and he walked through everything. He did. He did. And but Takam, guy, Takam tends to walk through a lot of things. Until he's been finally... by Tizora twice. Yeah. So he's not, like, he's not like he can walk through everything. No, but okay, I'll rephrase that. He, he will never walk away from the phone booth, will he? He'll, he'll, oh, always, he'll always be in it. Um, he's a game as a fish in Smithfields. He's... But even even if Takam was bang on it, why wouldn't Yoka? You can't yeah. have one rule for one. I just I just thought with Tony Yoka, after seeing we both like Dave Allen, after seeing Dave Allen's tongue and his head after that fight, and then you find out that he was bang on it, and then you listen to Nick Blackwell, who was at the Liverpool event this weekend. Yeah. What 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 was the end game for Tony? I I just can't respect it, and I wanted him to get beat. Yeah, uh, so maybe I, I, maybe I, I, he I, did put up a better fight than I thought he did, but and my I've got a clouded judgment on that. But no, I I was glad that he took the took the loss. Yeah, I don't think the cards reflected the fight either. I think it was a lot wider. Yes, game. for one of them to go to Yoka was a joke, but the 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 the, the, the highlight of that fight was the ref. Um, he was on Strictly Come Dancing. If, if, if anyone's not seen the fight, just watch the ref back. He was a joy. He was a joy to watch. So over to Liverpool on Saturday night then. The um, the box, uh, the zone show, rather, in Liverpool. Uh, tough to take a highlight. A low mm. light massively is the injury to RDJ. I've not actually heard anything 
as yet as to the seriousness of it, but it looked fucking nasty. Yeah, um, Eddie was pushed for, is it a career ending? And he didn't go as far as saying yes, but he definitely didn't say no, I don't think it was. It's, uh, I don't think, I don't think you can recover from that, especially at any high level. Yeah. Because, I mean, he was off balance anyway, so all the whole, his whole weight's gone on it, hasn't it? And, yeah, yeah bad, I mean, a bad form from um, oh, I forgot his name, the lad he was fighting. But bad oh, form, fought, yeah, yeah, bad form jumping on the ring and celebrating like that when you've not even landed a punch in the chest. Yeah, you know, punch. you know if you've landed a punch. Yeah, he, he didn't land anything. The geezer snapped his bloody foot off inside his boot, and and he's jumping up on the ring curtain. I've got no time for that. And the, the fight was just warming up. I know Robbie took the the knockdown, but. It was it was just getting going, and you know he he could have that one could have went either way. Yeah, and well, Liverpool fans will know, like Liverpool-based boxing fans rather will know as much as other boxing fans. You could knock Rob, you could knock RDJ down in the first three rounds consistently, but then he'll get up and bang you out in the sixth. He's he's got a hell of an engine. He's got so much heart that he uh, he can just keep on going. So, the main event of that was uh, Cullen, the ten was. rounder. Uh, I'm not surprised it went that way. I'm not surprised. I I said this on Twitter after the fight. Cullen's Cullen's got some good wins after getting an extremely lucky draw against Zach Chelly a couple of years ago. Yeah, in the Matchroom Garden, where I thought he got beat quite comfortably. Um, and I've seen Jelly, uh, Shelley rather come up from early pro, watching him all the way, thinking this this kid Scott, he's got it. And I thought he beat Jack Cullen that night. Cullen's had had some good wins, but this was a mismatch. It was, and a proper mismatch. Uh, Campbell Hatton, did you did you get to see that one? Did you? I did. I did miss Campbell Hatton. I, well, you didn't miss much. <laughs> It was a, a points win against a guy that was four fights himself. It was, I'd, I'd give it a one star. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I think don't, I don't, got, I'm not going to put what, Campbell down. Want, I think we all want to love him and we want yes. him to do well. And we, but he's, some of the guys that come through now where their dads have set enormous precedent. I mean, we won't touch too much on Conor Ben because of, you know, of, of everything that's going on, but it took him a while to get out of Nigel's shadow. It's, I think it's going to take Campbell Hatton a long, long time to get out of Ricky's shadow. He'll probably have to take a couple of defeats and come back with some big, big wins. But can you see him knocking anyone out? No. Maybe. No. And it also... He doesn't need to be on a Liverpool show. And I know it was a big card. Mm. It's Manchester. Yeah. yeah. It's not like he actually took loads of fans there either, is it? No, they're not going to go. Because no, it's not going to go. Why would they? You don't want that. You don't want Liverpool fans, are, they're big, they're passionate, but it always gets a little bit tasty. I know it's not the same with Liverpool, Man City, but it, there is an element of that. It's still it's like, Manchester, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... You have to align yourself 
to a football club these days. That's how you get the, the fan support. They, yeah. they probably don't even care about you to a degree. But you look at Josh Warrington, Leeds. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Ricky Hatton, it was, it was Man City. Tony Bellew, it was Everton. And one guy that I've always um, struggled to understand is um, Sam Eggington. Just yeah. fake pick a club that you like. <laughs> he's from Starbridge. He's got he's surrounded by West Brom Wolves, Villa Birmingham. He could just say, Oh, I support Birmingham. The Birmingham would jump on it. Just you get an the, extra pack the badge on the shorts. And... He'd get an extra five hundred at fights, he would. Because yeah. he's always fighting in Coventry. Uh, I don't know, I know I know that I should but someone at some point should have said to Sam, Come on. But one fighter on that card who doesn't need an attachment to a football team to take a thousand people anywhere in the country is the Romford Bull, Johnny Fisher. Did you see the stoppage? I did. Did he tell everyone to make sure he goes down in the fourth? Because <laughs> that was, that was right, I'm ending this now. Uh, yeah, no. The Romford Bull, he's, he's, he, he's got that following. Yeah. I mean, his, his dad, his dad was in a nightclub in Coventry a couple of weeks ago. Doing what I, I don't know what he was doing, but he was just chatting Whatever away. he was doing, I'm sure. Yeah, just shouting bosh every two seconds. <laughs> and obviously, Tom Skinner was there. The, the apprentice. Oh, I mean, I love Tom Skinner. He, he's great. He's a legend. His videos are in every morning when he's having his, his breakfast. He, he's a. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened with, 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 his, with his mattresses, but you know, I mean, <laughs> you've got people like that behind you. I reckon he'll be putting his matches on the floor for Johnny Fisher to knock people onto him. Yeah. So what do you think with Mr. Fisher? Where Where's his level? So the level with the heavyweights is a difficult one because ability-wise, is he is he fantastic? No. No. Does he put on a show every single time? Yes. Is he dangerous from minute one to minute 36 if he gets a 12-rounder? Fucking hell, he is. That that right hand could knock down brick walls. It's just as he moves up through the levels, can he find the right time for it? Can he find the right space for it without getting caught himself? The one I would love to see. It's early for them both, so it doesn't make a lot of sense promotionally. I'd like to see him fight Fabio Wardley. Yeah, because he's another one of similar. Limited amateur experience. Fabio came through the white collar route down here in the southeast. Um, he's a t- tremendous athlete, and he, he's got a bit more ability than Johnny, I believe, just technique wise. But that fight, I mean, th- that fight would be fantastic. I mean, look what Fabio did to Nathan Gormley. I was, so, I was, I, I want to use the word surprise, but it was oh okay. He showed a bit of viciousness that I didn't know. Because yeah. uh, that's what my worry with Fabio is. He just seems a little too nice. Um, I'm waiting on... That split personality that we were talking about. Exactly. Um, I'm waiting on the Romford ball getting called out by what's-his-face. The one that just tears up. European guy. Just, oh. so, the um, one that proposed on DAZN to his... Oh, uh, Alan Savage. The Babbage. Savage. Yeah, that's 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 going to pop up, isn't it? I can see it popping up. I mean, he's again, he's another entertaining character, the Savage. 
Um, again, not technically fantastic, but got power in by fans. Can can take a punch, but he's 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 a if we go in WBC terms, he's a bridge away at best. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he, you know, when he weighs in, he's normally fourteen six, fourteen seven, and that's a struggle for him to stay above the cruiserweight limit. I think he's only five foot nine. He's yeah, I mean the, the heavyweights now are they're monsters. You, you're talking six four minimum, six yeah. minimum, and yeah, Babbitt's just won't. He won't touch it. So while we're on heavyweights, we're hoping that we might get an undisputed champion for the first time in like thirty years. Mm. Do you think it's going to happen? No, but he's called his bluff. Hasn't he, Mr. He has. Usyk? He has. And I love, and I think 50% of the British nation, maybe more, will be behind Usyk. And I think that's growing every single day. Yes. Because this, this man, I, I, sounds bad because he's British, he's a great fighter, I've always loved him as a fighter, never admired his bravado, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go deep on Tyson Fury, I'm going to go hard on Tyson Fury. He is not the people's champion. He is the no. people's con man. Yep. Tyson Fury has been conning the British boxing world for years, since he lost to John McDermott and somehow got given a decision. <laughs> he's, he's, yes, he's a fantastic boxer. What he did going over to Germany and beating Klitschko Unreal. time, fantastic. The three fights against Wilder, absolutely fantastic. But look at Wilder's resume. And, and I, th- I did think the first one was a draw. I know loads of people disagree with me. For me, the first fight was a draw. The second, he obviously won comfortably. The third, he won comfortably. But Wilder's never been in with anyone like Tyson Fury. And Tyson Fury has only ever been in with one person in a similar vein to Usyk. Nowhere near as technically good as Usyk. And he fucking hated it. That was Steve Cunningham. And he openly said he hated every second of it. Yeah. So I think he, I think he's 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 running, and I, and I, I wouldn't say he's a scared man. I wouldn't say he's scared of Usyk in the slightest. I wouldn't think Tyson Fury's scared of anything. No, no. But, but he does. He's yeah, scared of losing. He's scared. Yeah, he's scared of losing. And the thing is, as well, a loss does not make a champion. Look at Lennox Lewis, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson. These are the people that he holds in the highest regard of heavyweight boxing. And they've taken a loss. I understand he probably wants to have this lineal, retire, completely undefeated, beating everybody. But you ain't beating everybody because you ain't fucking fighting them. Tyson Fury will not go down as the greatest heavyweight champion of all time if he does not beat Alexander Usyk and he does not beat Anthony Joshua. Mm -hmm. Because those two have held the majority of those belts for the last five years. Dante Wilder held his for a very, very long time. But he, he, he very rare, we only fought a mandatory when he had to. Yeah. His voluntaries were all bin men. Stefan. Oh, God. I mean, that was, that was just appalling. That could be classed as assault for putting him in the ring with Wilder. But we've got a, an opportunity with the heavyweight division to have an enormous round robin for these titles. 
because Wilder is still up there in the rankings. Joe Joyce is ranked number one with WBO, I think. Uh, Daniel Dubois is ranked number one with the WBA. Obviously, Alexander Usyk is holding IBA, WBA, WBO, and I think the IBO still, but no one really sort of counts that. Um, Tyson Fury's got one belt. Yeah. So, me, he's not, he's not the A-side. Usyk's the A-side for me, because he's got the majority of the belts, and if he was that much of an A-side, this fight would be in Saudi. Yeah. But the Saudis don't want him. I don't know why, I don't know if it's the way, it, it's probably stuff like this. Probably the not allowed behavior. in the country. Yeah, the behaviour and the bravado. They've just hoped his brother fighting yeah. in, in, in an absolute shambles of a boxing event. But they don't want Tyson Fury. Why not? Well, just I'll just have my little piece on uh, Tyson and then we'll go on to his brother. I just don't like him. I think he's a bully. Um, and a fraud in the sense that you can't be a, this mental health advocate. You can't say, oh, do this, get up. You know, all those uh, videos during lockdown, getting that you do, that wasn't, that, that wasn't for the people. That was for his own personal gain. He then brought out a drink after. Yeah. It, it was all planned. This money, these gifts to homeless. Are we re- really knowing anything about it? I'm not saying we should, but don't say you're doing it. Uh, and then I don't need money to fight. I drive a Passat. I drive this. Then the next day you're in a video with your Rolls Royce. I know. I know he's got bipolar. I get that. But you can also be a dickhead. And I feel like I'm team Usyk on the fact that what can you not like about that guy? I like the fact that he's responded with the videos of him getting called gappy teeth with him saying greedy belly. Not speaking English. He doesn't have to. And he's really trying because you can tell it's a chore for him. He's never learned it. Uh, the video he put out this week about stop your whining. I'll, I won't have a rematch clause. I'll do what you want. What next? What's, what's the next? What's the next stepping stone that Tyson's going to put in? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I do hope it happens, and I do think that Fury will have enough because the guy's a fucking man mountain. He's a machine. It's he 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 does. He is a great fighter, but. I think he's just got that little element of doubt that Usyk can do him. And Tony Bellew says about what he said about Usyk, he's like, he just absolutely battered me. Yeah. And it's very rare that a boxer says that. It is. And I mean, and Tony Bellew's someone whose opinion is divided amongst boxing fans. He's got an opinion I've always respected. He's not a fighter I've always respected until I actually saw him fight live. I saw him in the David Haley match. Um, at the O2, and I was then immediately a fan after watching him live, seeing how technically good he actually is. But yeah, what Usyk did to Bellew, no one's ever done to Bellew. Not even Nathan Cleverly, not Adonis Stevenson, really. It was, it was, you know, that's a different. No, Nathan Cleverly was really disappointing in that fight. I found. But there, um, the thing I think what what you were saying there, and what I think with the British public is they're sick of the hypocrisy. Don't say you're a fighting man and not fight anybody. Don't say you're going to fight for free and then de- demand half a billion pounds. It's you're Luke Tyson Fury, you're the heavyweight champion of the world. But there's four belts, five if you include the ring. You've got one. 
Fight the man that's got the rest. Don't make him jump through hoops. He's earned his right to be there with you. Not only has he been an undisputed cruiserweight champion, he's now come up and beat the other best British heavyweight for the last 10, 15 years. So he's, he's earned his chance. He doesn't need to jump through the hoops. The 70-30 is a piss take, but he's, he's prepared to take it. Yeah, he's a fighting man. Alexander Usyk is a fighting man. Yeah. Nick Tyson Fury is not. Well, we're apparently six weeks away. Let's see if it happens, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep with the Furies. Yeah. But, you're, but you're saying Tyson will have just enough? Um, I think so. Uh, I think so. I'm, I'm but, on the other side. I, I yeah. Too good. Don't say it. It doesn't mean I, I want yeah. that to be the case. But, um, yeah. yeah. I might, Ben, but it'll probably, you'll probably come to me in a couple of weeks' time and I'll change my mind. Yeah. Styles make fights, don't they? And these they do. Post they do. Incredible styles in the world. Yeah. You've got the travelling pugilist and the, the artist. He is the artist. The artist. I'll tell you who is not an artist. It's Tyson's brother, Tommy Fury. Connor, that was it. The, what, what, what did you make of it? I mean, we all watched it. We That's did. Well, we were texting each other. I was, I was almost determined not to watch it, but I ended up watching it. And I now think that that should be his niche. Fight these YouTubers. Yeah. Fight KSIs, the Logan Pauls, the whoever the fucking else is trying to pretend they are a boxer because that's all Tommy Fury's doing. He's, he's being off of his family name and pretending he is a boxer. <laughs> I've trained with, I've trained with unlicensed light heavyweights that could beat him. Do you know what made me laugh is the camera angles over there were proper, they proper slow mode and closed up. He didn't like being punched. No, not at all. It was. <gasps> Oh, his facial is like, don't hit my pretty face. And that's why he's got a pretty face, because no one's punched him. And, and, and when was, he does get punched, he's getting KO'd. Yeah. But, I mean, there was... I, I'm not going to say he's completely talentless, because he's not. He has got... He has got some movement. Yes. Jake Paul was not able to land that big overhand right that he's landed on. Well, landed on. You know, a couple Iron of... Woodley, yeah. Opponents because Tommy has that movement, but he, he did legitimately jab. But has Fury got power? Because he doesn't look like seem like he wanted to throw any power, like he was scared to punch as well. Because that guy, the, the brain he has, he should be able to have some power, especially training with Parker and Fury apparently yeah. every day. But if, yeah, I mean, if they're training that Sugar Hill style of planting your feet, he's a big big lad for light heavyweight his delts are enormous he should be able to generate some power but he may have been told no power well that's the that's the thing that really really yeah there's always that niggle in the back of your head it's always there the when when he knocked out uh what's his name tyrone woodley i mean i've seen that from so many angles now it looks like a dive it's yes, good acting, threw, if though. It's good acting, if it is. It's good acting, if it was, because, yes, he threw the punch. Yes, you saw the sweat come flying off, but, but really? I don't know. That heavy? I, yeah. I don't know. For me, I'm I'm not a fan. I understand it's probably got its place. It's something as uh, purist boxing fans. 
we've probably just got to accept yeah. that it's there. But in all honesty, we're not being forced to watch it. So no. I think and we did. We did. So and we'll we probably watch the next one. Yeah, we're kind of victims of our own stupidity there. <laughs> Should we talk about a proper heavyweight fight then? Let's AJ. Talk about a proper heavyweight fight. AJ Franklin. Uh, apparently. A proper fight. Do you think it's a proper fight? Yeah, I think it's I think it's what AJ needs. Uh, he has taken himself out of the limelight. Everyone's left him alone. Uh, if you believe what Eddie is saying that Tony Bellew went to see him in camp, he's in beast mode. He he is another guy that also needs to start fighting again mm. and hitting people. And I know that I'm sounding like a bit of a joke there, but back his power. He needs he needs a KO of Franklin, and he needs it convincing. And I like, I like Franklin in the fight. He he he's a what six two, um, got, got a few pounds on him. I know he, he's fought Wilder. What was that a majority decision loss? Was it? Yeah, majority loss. He did well against Dillian White. Yes, yeah. that was really tight against Dillian White. Yeah, sorry, I, did I say Wilder? I meant White. Um, he could have took he could have took a cheeky little oh I've been around the block heavyweight, but he's not. He like. He's took a young lad that's going to try and prove a point, like yeah. Ruiz did. Um, and it is, if he wins this fight, he can say, right, used to, I'm next. But then Fury will find another excuse for it, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, won't he just? The, the Franklin fight, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what's different in his game. I think the, the gun-shy element of Anthony Joshua is not a physical thing. I think it's a mental thing. A mental block, yeah. I think it stemmed from the first defeat to Ruiz. Um, it's probably actually seeded, started as a seedling in his brain from the Klitschko fight. Because that was a fucking heavy knockdown and he was seconds from being out of there in that fight. A fight. Yeah, well, like a Rocky film in real fucking life, that fight. Unbelievable. But he was seconds from being built up to being the next big thing to being someone that everyone just forgets about. But he got up, pulled himself together, and he stopped fucking Dr. Sledgehammer and, you know, the rest was history. But the Ruiz fight, that's something that, from whatever was going on before, I mean, I remember the ring walk, Madison Square Garden, we all sat in my living room saying, don't look right. Something, something was off. I don't know what it was. But, yeah, that's mentally scarred him. The performance in the rematch against Ruiz, I loved. Loved every second of it. Yeah, AJ was back. Yeah, seeing him fight on the back foot like that. See, that's the thing that's... Fury's done that as well. Fury's been an awesome back foot, slick, you know, hit, don't get hit fighter. He's also done, you know, clubbing Wilder to the ground three times in one fight. So, you know, these guys, that's why they're the best. Because they've got the different styles that they can adapt to the different fights. Uh, against Pulev, I saw Joshua in the, I think it was in Wembley Arena in front of about a thousand people in, in one of the lockdowns. I saw him you know, catch countering. He, he was fighting like a heavyweight Andre Ward. He, he was showing some real improvement. Um, I don't think he was ever going to beat Alexander Usyk. But he took both fights without hesitation. He's not going to beat Usyk on ability or mentally? No. Like what, both? 
by neither. I don't think that Anthony Joshua would have the mental strength to beat Usyk. The ability-wise, obviously not. In the first fight, he said it. He tried to box the boxer and he got taught a lesson. But then Usyk is so good, I don't think you can beat him with size either because you're never going to catch him clean. His movement is so good that even if you catch him, he's halfway out. So it's never going to be clean. But I think AJ, I think he'll beat Franklin. I think I'd probably, I would say stoppage six to nine because he's going to want rounds, especially being back at home in the O2. Yeah, blowing him out does nothing for him. No. Again, again, he wants a big performance, but you don't want that first round knockout because we don't learn anything. But we want a mid, mid, mid knockout. What weight do you think he's going to come in? Because for the Usyk fight, he was 17 and a half, was he? Biggest he's been? Yeah, I've seen pictures today. He looks fucking big, but he don't look ripped. Yeah. So whether, I mean, what are we now? Two weeks out? Mm. He's sort of two, two and a half weeks. He'll be tailing off now. He might cut a little bit in the last couple of weeks. But one thing that did kind of worry me a little bit, it may well have just been another one of the advertising ploys. Um, he's wearing compression, compression sleeves on his arms. Right. Um, so I'm wondering if the elbow's struggling. But Or it's um, a ploy. Oh, yeah, or a ploy. But the, the only thing I thought with the picture was you can see the massive underarm logo on them. So <laughs> <laughs> they could just be there for advertising. But um, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the, the elbows could be going. Obviously, you know, we all know he does do, you know, weights as well. So, you know, a little bit of wear and tear physically, possibly on AJ as well as mentally. I think the change of coach has been a good thing for him and the change of venue for training. Um, I'm expecting to see a a much more raw AJ. So I'm going to... He almost needs to go in with no pressure. AJ, yeah. go and enjoy yourself. See yeah. what happens. So, yeah, enjoy yourself, see what happens. Get close, don't get too close because we know that Franklin's game, he's, he's not going to come and lay down he's going to come and fight and they would have seen that he's vulnerable AJ if you hit him so yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's one I'm really looking forward to because I've got a lot of time for Anthony Joshua I, uh, I think he's a terrific fighter I think he's a terrific guy he's uh, I, mean, I think we've got to get behind our Olympians Do you know what I mean? when our Olympians come through which you know, ain't going to happen realistically in the future because boxing's not going to be part of the Olympics. Fucking. But, uh, yeah, he's three-time world champion. I don't know. But... I hope so. He's certainly going to be up there. And if we're talking about the top seven heavyweights in the world, five of them are British. Mm. So That's true. That's... Yeah, and if you if I ever want to, we'll, we'll talk about this guy on another episode. But Joe Joyce, I've got a lot of time for that guy, but we will talk about him when we get some news. Then we started this episode just going straight in. We did. Should we just uh, reverse back and maybe introduce ourselves? We will go on then before we throw the towel in. 
before we throw the towel in, so uh, I'm Scott. I'm from Coventry. I'm um, I'm nearly 35, and I, f- I started watching boxing probably in '96. Uh, I remember the first fight I watched was probably Prince Nassim, and uh, you can understand why I've ever I've I've loved boxing ever since. And yeah, it's a it's a main part of my life. It's a, one of my other passions is ice hockey, and it's uh, how I got to know this guy I'm chatting to now so Ben what, what what's your backstory with the boxing as well yeah well yeah as I said I'm, I'm Ben I'm slightly older than Scott I'm not going to reveal by how much and uh, I got into boxing as a mere five year old watching Rocky films and at the age of 30 decided that it was about time I gave it a go so I did a couple of white collars studied as a, an unlicensed journeyman for a few times trained all told with amateurs semi-professionals and some very young professionals for six, seven years. Uh, I love going when I can afford it. Uh, <laughs> love, love your call. Love the O2. Uh, was a massive matchroom fanboy, in all honesty. But, uh, well, that, we all. That is, that is dwindling. Uh, for me, Ben Shalom is the new sheriff in town. And, uh, and yeah, my other love is, is ice hockey, which is, hey, how, how I got talking to Scott was through ice hockey. So, at least I think uh, everyone knows we love violence. Because mm. you love a bit of MMA as well, doesn't you? I do love a bit of MMA, yeah. Just, yeah. I'm a nice guy, though. Before yeah, we wrap I'm, up, Ben. I'm not a fan of MMA, so you won't hear none of that on here. Yeah. <laughs> Before we wrap up this first episode, Ben, do you want to give listeners an idea of what sort of boxing like your favourite ever fight? Oh, my favourite ever fight... As my battery nearly runs out. Favourite ever fight. See, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago and I pulled it straight out. And now I'm really struggling. I think I've got to go Frotch Groves 2 at Wembley Stadium. I'm not going to say how many people were there because Carl tells everyone every time. But um, yeah, that that for me, that, that was the night that British boxing came home. It did. And I'm going to stick with Frotch. Uh, Frotch Boutet. For me, uh, it was a real time for Frotch to uh, make that win, and it all that card was called No Way Out. It was WWE style. It was uh, Carl Frampton was the chief support. Uh, Lee Wood, a young younger Lee Wood, was one of the first. Uh, was on the early early doors, and Frotch just absolutely destroyed Butte, who had never been beaten. He thought he was the dog's bollocks and fifth round knockout. Um, yeah, that that that's my uh, personal favourite fight. There are many more, and I'm sure people are going to disagree with us. But yeah, that's uh, that's that that's where I'm at. Yeah, we didn't touch on Lee Wood. So if, I mean, if anyone, if, no doubt, he, he may well listen. I don't know if it ever gets to him. Uh, I'm glad that he's actually he's all right after that fight, and um, yeah. I'm well behind Ben Davidson. I think what he did was spot on. Yeah. <laughs> and as much yeah. as we've just both said, Carl Frotch is a favourite fight. Very disappointed in Carl Frotch who say during commentary, great decision. And then after seeing the towel come in and a bit of hindsight, he, mm. he disagrees. Ben Davidson has not got that time. Ben Davidson's got 0.2 seconds yeah. to throw that towel in. And I think yeah. Lee Wood will be very thankful for him. He was very thankful the day after. Ben Davidson is the reason that Lee Wood woke up and can go for a world title again and didn't wake up in a coma in hospital. And Lee Wood can definitely win that rematch. I think he absolutely can. On that positive note, they make the towel is in. The towel's in. <laughs>